sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Hello, I am Mark Crutcher, and as you heard, I'm joined by my comical sidekick. She's lurking nearby, Sarah Waits. Make it sound like I'm hiding in the bushes like somewhere. An alligator floating on the Louisiana swamp. Like know. some sort of stalker. Right, yeah. <laughs> West Texas swamp. Speaking of swamp. <laughs> we got, we um, are still in the situation where. I told you, it's going to be weeks of this. I completely understand people being ready for Christmas. I completely get it. Wanting to be done with this year. Mm-hmm. It's been a bad one. And I think we could all use some peace and love and joy, especially after the year we've had. Well, yeah, but we have to be careful about that, too. I heard um, Biden the other day saying, we just all need to get together and cooperate. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not cooperating with him. Well, maybe he should to, tell people to destroy this who country. follow him, because from what I'm seeing on social media, they haven't gotten the message. Yeah, apparently not. There's been a lot of attacks on conservatives. I thought it was supposed to be peace and love. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to remember something. The left in America has always been violent. Mm-hmm. While they go out and sell just peace and love and, you know, butterflies and butterflies. bunny rabbits and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> They've been liars since day one. They've always been the violent aspect of American politics. It's just coming to the fore now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we still are in the situation uh, today where Biden has been declared the winner. By the press, yeah. By the press and by himself. Yeah. And he created this just abysmally stupid office of the president-elect. There is no such thing. Mm-hmm. His bathroom in his little apartment in the basement of his house, Mm -hmm. that is the office of the (laughs) president-elect in his mind. There is no such thing as the office of the president-elect. But anyway, that's the kind of foolishness we can expect if he's indeed inaugurated in January. He's already making his appointments or proposed appointments, yeah. yeah. Obviously, we're all pulling for Trump. And I don't think there's any doubt, or at least there's no doubt in my mind. You and I haven't talked about this, but... Me and Sheila are certainly convinced that there is nothing but corruption throughout this election process. Mm -hmm. And the way it's going, mm -hmm. we're never going to know who actually won. Yeah. That's just a reality. Mm -hmm. With some of the hijinks that are going on and some of the people that are involved in this voting machines owned by Democrats. and, And, you know, it's very interesting to note that every time you see something in the media where a bunch of new votes were found. Mm hmm or a bunch of votes were discovered to have been erroneously given to one person when they should have been given to another. Mm-hmm. It always favored Biden. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen one instance where someone come out and said, you know, the state of X just found out that 2,800 va- ballots that were attributed to Trump actually were people that voted for Biden. You never see that. It's always the opposite, which makes me think that this idea that we have that um, – Corruption Mm -hmm. took place in this election is reinforced by that view. If it were not, it would be equal. Mm -hmm. And you'd say, okay, well, over here, Biden got a few votes that weren't his, and over here, Trump got a few that weren't his, and and it all equaled out in the end. That's not what's happening. The thing I think that was important for us to remember is that in 2016, 
the left of America got a huge surprise. I don't think any of them actually considered the possibility that Trump could win. No. And when he did, they lost their minds. Right. And, you know, we've seen four years of resist Trump, hashtag not my president, politicians doing anything and everything that they could to impede him, even on stuff that really shouldn't have right. warranted that. Well, like now, coronavirus. Yeah, well, like coronavirus situation. You know, and we see a lot of people on the left talking about how Trump politicized it. Are they forgetting about Pelosi and her march through Chinatown saying, right. come on down here, don't worry about COVID? Right. I mean, the, both sides politicized it. But at the end of the day, are we really surprised that after four years of that, there may be hijinks and there be corruption in the election? No. You know, if they thought that their candidate could truly win on his own merits, the stuff that we're seeing would not happen. No. The only reason why it's happening is because they know that Joe Biden needs all the help that he can get. Yeah. Oh, he needs all the help he can get if they just wipe the gin drool off of him once in a while. I mean, that's about the most they can expect from him. If we had gone to Joe Biden and said, you won the Senate, he'd been like, yay, I won Senate. He right. didn't he have the time. The he didn't know what he was running You're for. You're king of the world. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my crown? But what I want to talk about here is the pro-life situation. Obviously, abortion is our issue. And we've now elected two people who are owned lock, stock, and barrel by the abortion industry. Mm -hmm. The abortion lobby owns Kamala Harris and owns Joe Biden. Well, actually, if they own Kamala Harris, which they do, then they That's by all default, that matters. Yeah. they own Biden. Because if he's inaugurated in January and he makes it till March... That'll be a surprise. That'll be a surprise. I think even people on the left are admitting that Kamala Harris is basically president. It is I don't a, think anybody's under any illusions. This is a disgrace. And uh, I saw something the other day about some woman on social media said she's a real inspiration to girls in that she got her political career going by sleeping with a married guy more than twice her age for years, which she did. Mm -hmm. And now she's playing second fiddle to a guy a few months ago. That she accused. That she was saying was a liar mm -hmm. and a pedophile. Yeah. But now she's playing second fiddle to him. Uh, yeah, that's real feminism there for you. I mean, that's you're stepping out there then. That's the true epitome of achievement right there. But let's talk about the pro-life thing. Well, I mean, can we really be surprised? I mean, the left constantly touts how abortion is needed for our success, that without it, we're just in the mud and can right. go nowhere, barefoot, pregnant, just wandering around. Yep. You know, I used to ask people when we were doing debates on abortion, they'd say, women will never be free, never can be fully participant in society until they can kill their babies. And I'd say, well, before Roe versus Wade, are you saying that every American woman that lived prior to that was not a fully participating member in society, that they were <laughs> enslaved? Because that's what you're saying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, of course, they never wanted to say because that. Because the moment you say that, you discount the achievements of a, a whole bunch of women in American history who made huge Millions of contributions. Yes. Millions of women. Yes. But anyway, I want people to, in the pro-life movement to understand, especially the people that are newer, that haven't been around very long. Mm -hmm. We've been in this situation before. Yep. Now, I know you don't remember it because you were too young to remember. Mm -hmm. But when Bill Clinton got elected— the trauma that the pro-lifers felt was, I think, greater than what they're feeling right now. Mm -hmm. And for good reason. Uh, Jimmy Carter was a pro-abort, but Bill Clinton was the first one that was actually owned by the abortion lobby. Mm -hmm. And was kind of militant about it, too. And was very militant about it. And um, made some statements during the campaign that when the pro-lifers were harassing him, 
and asking him questions he didn't want to answer. Um, he basically said, we'll take care of them. When yeah, in he office. told his people, he said, don't worry about those pro-lifers. We'll take care of them once we're in office. And he was true to his word. And he did. He um, immediately was sworn in and within a matter of hours had appointed Janet Reno mm-hmm. to be attorney general. She's a raging pro-abort, bad as him. And they immediately began a campaign against the pro-life movement. And they didn't care that the things that they were doing, they didn't care if they were legal or illegal. Yeah. And I can tell you from personal experience, we had this situation right here at Life Dynamics with our phones being tapped, our mail was being opened, our building was being watched, mm-hmm. employees were being followed home. And we knew exactly who was doing it. Matter of fact, well, eventually we were able to prove who was doing it. Mm-hmm. And it was illegal. Yep. But this was under the Janet Reno, Bill Clinton Justice Department that this was happening. They created an illegal program, right? A black ops program called VAPCOM, correct? Well, I wouldn't say that the program itself was illegal, mm-hmm. but word filtered out about that. You're right, it's called VAPCOM, Violence Against Abortion Providers. Uh, com. Com, whatever com stood for. <laughs> whatever com stood for. Um, yeah, anyway. Committee? Um, yeah, maybe. Anyway, she came out in a press conference and denied that there was any such thing as VAPCOM. Mm-hmm. Then a guy named Larry Clayman was able, through Freedom of Information Act request, that they denied. Mm-hmm. And then he took them to court, and they finally had to turn over all the VAPCOM documents. And there were a few groups around the country, because they were named in the VAPCOM document, he sent them copies of it. And I still have it now. We were sent a copy of it, and I have it in a box in them. Because we were one of them. We were one of them that they were naming as a terrorist organization. You know um, what? Look at all the things that are going on in the world. If you think some pro-life organization who thinks that killing is wrong is a terrorist organization, let me tell you something. And, you got and I used to say this back at the time: if I were a terrorist, mm-hmm. I would not have a building. Yeah, I would not have a bank account that could be attached with a PO box. <laughs> I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't have, which I did at the time, had my home address mm-hmm. published in the phone book. And when you back when they had phone books, my home yeah. address was in there, and I didn't have it taken out. You wouldn't um, have your address and information on mailings. You know, I used to say to these people, "Look, It'd be like you little think, magazine letter clippings." Right. right. <laughs> I said the kind of people that you're describing, mm-hmm. you don't get a chance to debate with them. No. You don't get a chance to uh, sue them if they say something that you don't like or do something you don't like. You don't get any of those chances. Let me tell you how you meet those people. One morning, you get out of your little house and you're going to drive to your abortion mill and start chopping up babies. And when you turn your car on, you're going to hear a click. And that's the last thing you ever hear. That's the difference between a pro-lifer and a terrorist. Right. And I'm telling these people, that's what you're creating when you start trying to say, we want to get rid of the pro-life movement. The reality is, and I used to tell this to these people, the pro-life movement's the only thing that's keeping you alive. Because if it weren't for us, believe me, there's people out there, and I have met yeah. some of them, who run on very, very lean mixtures. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be on the other side of these people. Right now, those people are looking at us saying, well, the pro-lifers are still doing this, this, that, and the other. But if the time comes, and I used to say this back then, I said, if the time comes that their perception is that either the pro-life movement is worthless, not accomplishing anything, or the pro-life movement's been outlawed, mm-hmm. which is what Janet Reno and Bill Clinton were trying to do, yeah. literally. They were trying to make the cost too high to pay. Drive us all off the battlefield. Mm-hmm. I said, then you'll meet that guy. You'll yeah. meet the guy that you're describing me as. You'll actually meet him. Well, and the pro-life movement 
deals with the people impacted by abortions. So like the women who have them, the fathers whose children were killed and their family members. And some of those people, the grief and the pain and the anger that they feel is so immense that those people could do violence. Well, years ago, there was an abortionist in Kansas. It wasn't Mm -hmm. Tiller, but there was another one there who they caught someone in his office with a gun intending to shoot him. Mm-hmm. And when they found out who he was, turns out he wasn't a pro-life activist. Mm-hmm. He was the father of a 15-year-old girl who'd had an abortion by this guy. Mm-hmm. He said, you killed my grandbaby. I'm coming after you. That was his MO, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But going back to this deal about if you outlaw the mainstream abortion pro-life movement, anti-abortion groups like us, then you give rise to these other situations. And I want to point something out, and this is something that the pro-life movement needs to be aware of. We can't do anything about it, but we need to be aware of this situation. There have been, I think, eight abortionists shot in the history of the battle over abortion. There had never been an abortionist shot until March of 1993. When Bill Clinton was president. When Bill Clinton and Janet Reno began to basically say, we're going to outlaw the pro-life movement. We're going to come after these people. We're going to put them in prison if we can. We're going to take all their assets if we can. He did that in January of 93. When he started that. That's when he started it. Mm -hmm. In March of 93, the first abortionist was shot. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, sometimes you create unintended consequences. And that's not to say that we're justifying violence no, against abortionists. No, not saying that or, at all. No, that, but you but have you to can't understand. The, that. Yeah, you have to understand the relationship between two actions. Right. For every equal, action, every, there's every a, action there's an equal and opposite reaction. Reaction. Yeah, Newton's principles also applies to behavior. Yep. So I'm not predicting that this is going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying that there's a lot of emotion out there. There's 60 million dead babies, and people are fed up with it. Yeah. And right now, we're not seeing this kind of rhetoric out of our side because there's still the belief that Trump could win. Mm -hmm. But let's just say come Inauguration Day, Biden's put in there. And all these people are still convinced that the election was stolen. I think all the bets are off at that point. And who knows what can happen. But again, I want to go back and make sure people understand something. We're going to have an administration here that is more closely associated with the Clinton administration than any other. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we've had pro-aborts in there before. Most people don't even know this, but um, they think Jimmy Carter was a good Christian man and taught Sunday school and all this garbage. He was a pro-abort. Believe it or not, you know who Sarah Weddington is. Yeah, she's one of the attorneys who fought in the Roe case. Roe versus Wade. She was the lead attorney mm-hmm. that legalized abortion. 60 million babies have been killed so far because of what that woman did. Mm-hmm. Her and uh, Linda Coffee. Linda Coffee was the other attorney, but Sarah Weddington was the main one. Mm-hmm. When Jimmy Carter became president, he hired her as his White House counsel. Mm-hmm. She was White House counsel under Jimmy Carter. So he's created this aura around him that he's this good, decent Christian guy. He's not. Yeah. He's not at all what he appears to be. But anyway, forgetting that violence thing aside, which we hope doesn't happen. this doesn't come to this, we're going to be tested over the next four years. Mm-hmm. I think the next four years for the pro-life movement are going to separate the real pro-lifers from the posers. We're going to separate the men from the boys, so to speak. And... I want to make sure people understand something about this situation before we can compare this to the Clinton administration. 
We actually made, and when I say we, I mean the pro-life movement, not necessarily just Life Dynamics, although mm-hmm. we were part of it. We made more progress in the eight years that Bill Clinton was president than at any point prior to that. Mm-hmm. And maybe even in point since then, I haven't looked at those figures, but the abortion rate started going down under Bill Clinton, not because of anything he did. Yeah. Nothing he did caused that. What caused it was pro-lifers didn't sit back and say, oh, good, we got a pro-life president, we can rest. He'll do all the work for us. He'll do all the work for us. And that's something that has happened every time we've elected somebody who claimed to be pro-life. Not necessarily is pro-life, but claimed to be pro-life. Yeah, well, George Bush. I mean, that'd be a good example. Mm -hmm. The the Bushes, were neither one of them were Mm pro-life. Neither one of them were pro-life. But every time we've had a, in this case, Republican, who's elected president, who claims to be pro-life, who says all the right things in the election cycle. We put on our stretchy pants, prop up our feet, and put on a Hallmark movie. (laughs) Right. I might prop up my feet. I ain't putting on stretchy pants, and I'm sure not watching a Hallmark movie. Well, you're definitely missing out on the stretchy pants. (laughs) Well, anyway, yeah, we relax. Yeah. We lay back. Mm -hmm. And we can't let that happen. Yeah. Right now, it won't happen because we didn't elect a pro-life president, maybe. Mm-hmm. We may have elected him, but he's not going to be inaugurated in January. The fix is in, mm-hmm. is my view on that. And that's something we need to be preparing ourselves for the potential reality that Biden winds up being the president, whether or not he was actually elected or not. And you know, That's something th- we may have to come to terms with. Yeah, and let's look at it from the standpoint of commitment. Mm-hmm. We've made a commitment to defend the unborn. Yep. But that commitment was not one we made to the unborn. The commitment we made was to God. And elections don't erase that. Mm -hmm. You can win an election. You can lose an election. You can have 100 elections in a row. That doesn't change what commitment you make to God or what God expects of you. Or if you're not religious, you still made that promise to the babies and the moms. And that doesn't depend on who's president. Yeah. We still have the same job. It just got a little tougher. And that's okay. We've been down this trail before. And we came out of it better than when we went in. I honestly believe that's going to happen this time. Now, there's a lot of things we got to look out for. Mm -hmm. Lots of things we have to look out for as far as what they're going to try to do. Like I said, just one example, I've made the point that I think they're going to try to bring Planned Parenthood into the federal government under the Department of Health and Human Services. And And we'll have a link to that episode in the description so you can hear more about that. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that that's on the agenda. Mm -hmm. And with Kamala Harris there... If they try that, it'll slide right on through. And this is another reason it's so important for pro-lifers to be in the Senate and pro-lifers to be in the House, because those sort of things can stop. Now, I'm not sure when I first came up with that idea back in 2016, I said at the time Hillary Clinton would do that. And there was a lot of evidence out there that they were laying the groundwork for that. But then she lost. Mm -hmm. But now it's back out there again. And I think that that's one of the things. But that's just one. There's a lot of different things that we need to be looking for. And we've got to be very careful. We can shoot ourselves in the foot over the next four years. We've done it before. We could do it again. The other thing is, even if we do shoot ourselves in the foot, we can still come out four years from now better than where we are right now. Get back up, dust yourself off, and hobble on. (laughs) You you know, you get knocked down, you get up. Yeah. That's the way you win. Yeah. You know, I remember the Mike Tyson-Buster Douglas heavyweight fight. Mm -hmm. And Mike Tyson was considered the most, people call him an animal. He was just, 
he was just vicious and he was incredibly strong and he didn't was, he bite the ear off of one dude one time that was evander holyfield okay no that was no i'm sorry it was tyson he yeah bit, yeah you know, tyson bit off the ear of holyfield. evander holyfield yeah oh i was at that fight actually in las vegas oh so gross <laughs> yeah it is i don't know why you'd want to bite somebody's ear off but nonetheless no. um tyson was like a 32 to 1 favorite Mm-hmm. over Buster Douglas. It's what's known in boxing as a tune-up fight. You know the guy doesn't have a chance, but you fight him to keep your skills up, and then you're going to fight somebody bigger mm-hmm. down the road. Mike Tyson had won every round. He was beating Buster Douglas like a redheaded stepchild. Mm-hmm. But Buster Douglas was still standing, and the announcers were saying, hey, it's a miracle. This guy's still on his feet. Mm-hmm. You know, he obviously can't win. But he wouldn't give up? Yeah, he kept coming back. He kept getting up off the canvas and staggering around and looking like he totally lost. But nonetheless, he stays in there. And then in the next round, Mike Tyson got in a completely clean shot, and Buster Douglas went down in a heap. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of counting him out. Mm-hmm. Somehow or another, he struggled to his feet and hmm. got up. And fortunately for him, the bell rung about that time, and he was basically saved by the bell. Mike Tyson was going to finish him off, if not kill him Yeah. at that point. He knocked out Mike Tyson in the next round. <laughs> so <laughs> He wore a, Tyson out. Yeah, Tyson says, I can't hit him anymore. <laughs> but anyway, um, you never know. You know, yeah. you can look at other sporting events, and you see situations where this team has no chance of beating this team, and then they do. David and Goliath. If you want to get all biblical, yeah. David and Goliath. David had God on his side, and look what happened. Goliath right. was supposed to be the best, most fierce, Monster. monstrous warrior right. they had. Right. And the little guy took him out. One of the greatest ones in the history of the world was England in 1939. Mm-hmm. They, everybody was anticipating the Nazis invading, and the Nazis were just going through every army they went up against. Like a hot knife through butter. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, the French had the largest army in the world. They defeated them in a matter of weeks. Mm -hmm. The Poles had a gigantic army. They defeated them in two or three days. The Czechoslovakians had one of the best air forces in the world. They didn't hardly put up a struggle against the Nazis. And everybody said the minute Hitler turns his attention on England, Mm -hmm. even the Canadian prime minister said England will have her neck wrung like a chicken. Never happened. Yep. Because they believed they could win. And they said, we're not even entertaining the concept that we won't win this. That's not even our vocabulary. We're going to win. They fought like the world depended on it. And, and it, did. it did. And it did. And we're right. going to fight like the babies depend on us because they do. Right. And if it turns out mm-hmm. that Biden is nominated, I mean, is installed in January, that doesn't change our commitment. One iota. It makes the hill a little steeper, but it doesn't change our commitment. If we feel committed, then we'll still be committed. And I saw a... Um, thing that was on the internet this morning on social media. Uh, Sheila brought it to me. And it was a picture of Auschwitz. And underneath, it said Auschwitz was not liberated by pacifists. It was liberated by soldiers. Yep, that is very true. And that is, a we've got to be soldiers. Mm-hmm. We have signed up for this fight, and uh, we're going to see it through. So let's don't be discouraged and just recognize that we have been down this trail before. And remember something, too. We're in a lot better shape right now than we were four years ago, thanks to Donald Trump. Yep. We've got three people on the Supreme Court. We don't know how they're going to rule on abortion. Nope. We've been betrayed in the past. Yep. We've encountered lots of little surprises. Right. But I'd rather have them than who Hillary Clinton would have appointed. Yep. 
And if you ever doubt the impact that the pro-life movement is having, need to read our tract called The Pact, and we'll have a link for that in the description. We have it both printed and in a free downloadable PDF, and it talks about the impact that the pro-life movement has had. It's a really good read, very short read. We encourage everybody to get and a copy. It continues to have. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. A lot of the stuff that we talk about here mm-hmm. in this thing, how much progress mm-hmm. we've made, happened during the Clinton years. Yep. And during the Obama years. We had eight years of him, and he mm-hmm. was joined at the hip with the abortion lobby. Yeah, he was. So anyway, all is not lost. Even if no pro-lifer gets inaugurated, we're still here to fight. Yep. Anyway, that's all I got. That's all I have. Till next Thursday, remember. No, wait a minute. We're not going to have a show next Thursday. No, that's right. We're not going to have a show next Thursday because it's Thanksgiving. And we still believe in Thanksgiving, even if everybody else is putting up their decorations for Christmas. Right. (laughs) People were putting up decorations for Christmas and Halloween in our neighborhood. And I think it's just they want this year to be over. It's too early for Christmas decorations, but I understand. Anyway, so yeah, we uh, don't be looking for a show next Thursday. But we will see you after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving, we will see you. And you guys have a great holiday, even if you're having to have your turkey outside with the wind blowing in 30 degrees. Or you're having your Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner over Zoom right. <laughs> with your relatives. Right. Uh, whatever you're doing, just be thankful for what you have. And, and uh, we will see you two weeks from today. Bye, guys. Take care.